Entertain US in partnership with Collective Measures presents Mastering Brand Media Measurement. Here's your host, Campaign US Editor in Chief, Allison Weisbrot. Brand media is a key pillar in any marketing plan, but marketers are struggling to measure and evaluate their campaigns with less and less data available. I'm here with Mike Baranowski, Collective Measures Vice President of Analytics and Data Engineering, who's going to chat with me a bit about exactly why measuring brand media is becoming a treacherous task, how to navigate a new measurement approach, and the benefits it will bring to any brand. Hello, Mike. Hey, Allison. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Before we jump into the conversation, can you define what brand media is? Yeah. So we talk about brand media as anything that is intended to drive awareness. Talk more about the brand in particular and anything that's not necessarily intended to drive that last click action. So anything from you know engagement to awareness. And I think based on the channels that are out there now, we're seeing kind of channels and tactics be a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that we traditionally talked about as lower in the funnel, um, moving up the funnel into that awareness part of the funnel as well. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so talk about that and why this is becoming such an important topic of conversation right now. Yeah. So there's really two drivers from our perspective. So one is privacy. And so what we're seeing is with all the privacy legislations, uh, going into effect and changes in um, the platforms. So think of things like iOS 14, third-party deprecation, cookies being deprecated. Um, we're starting to see some of the platforms that were considered considered lower in the funnel lose some of that measurability. And so they're starting to move themselves back up the funnel. And so functionally, what was lower in the funnel, driving more conversion, more direct, is getting a little bit more squishy to measure. Um, and so we're losing a lot of those signals. And so, you know, that's one of the primary drivers from really understanding what that awareness budget is doing and how effective it, it is at driving revenue because we're losing some of those signals due to privacy. Mm. Um, and then the other piece that we're seeing is just this transition from linear television to CTV and streaming. We're seeing dollar shift to CTV and streaming. I think e-marketers estimating that like in the next five years, CTV budgets are going to double. So moving from about $20 billion to $40 billion by 2027. So just with this massive shift in dollars, uh, people are getting real interested in, in understanding what that investment's doing and how it's driving back to the bottom line. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's sort of like as as cookies go away, brands don't have access to the same kind of lower funnel metrics that they're used to. And at the same time, TV, as more viewership shifts to streaming, like those metrics on TV are becoming more measurable. Yep. If you're a brand who is sort of navigating all of these changes, like where do you get started in trying to better measure brand and awareness outcomes? Yeah, I mean, this is pretty tactical, but one of the things that we talk about with our clients is really just getting yourself prepared from a data perspective. Um, and that's the world in which I live in. So we want to make sure that you're set up to collect all the data that's needed. And where this gets to be a little bit tricky is just with digital, generally, we're getting all of our data from APIs and platforms. And a lot of it, for the most part, is relatively standardized. So if you think about like click conversion impression data, 
all of that's collected by a pixel. Um, you know, Facebook, Google, Bing are all treating that relatively similarly. When we start to talk about brand and awareness media, we are working with different third-party vendors. Um, some of them aren't set up with APIs. A lot of the data that we get is coming over in spreadsheets. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, bought on guarantee or bought on, you know, CPMs. So um, they're estimates to a certain extent. And then the granularity at which we're getting that data will vary. So again, comparing it to our media platforms where we've got API data that's updating daily, we get it at a daily granularity, we get it down to creative granularity. A lot of that stuff that's happening on the brand and media side or brand and awareness side is you know, happening manually. Um, yeah. And they're not necessarily accustomed to sending over super granular data, uh, especially from the performance side. So again, the reason that you want to start and develop that pipeline and just figure out uh, as you're running this awareness media is so that you can later measure um, because you're going to want it down to that granularity as you start to move forward with it. Yeah, typically awareness media like linear TV, for instance, has been measured through panels, right? So it's a lot of like extrapolating out what groups of people are saying. Are there now more opportunities to collect like more granular data on on awareness media? And if so, like what tools exist and what methods exist now to do that? Yeah, I mean, some of the granularity is just coming in like where the spots are being um, presented. So they're getting a lot of that information just in terms of, um, you know, where it's being distributed. The other piece, too, is just from an ID resolution perspective, you're starting to get an understanding of what users they're tying back that offline and online data um, and looking at household information that would also include some digital signals. So from that perspective, it's you know a lot different than linear television where we're able to start to make some assumptions and tie together online and offline data. Mm. Unlike linear television, it doesn't seem like CTV and streaming platforms are kind of rallying around a particular way to measure. Um, where with linear television, you know, you had kind of this rating system and it doesn't look like CTV is going to rally around that single KPI. Mm-hmm. And so it's still going to be the, the Wild West for a while. Yeah. I mean, how do you sort of like help your clients navigate that complexity? Because it is a big shift, right, to having this, this one source of truth to now having all these different vendors with different metrics that they can spit out about the same campaign. Yeah. So I think, I mean, just going back to one, just educating them on kind of what the landscape looks like, um, what's available just in terms of the data that each provider is able to give. We do a lot of work on our media side, just through the RFP process, just vetting the different vendors and what's out there and staying on top of, of what's available from that perspective. And then, you know, where I sit on the data side, we're asking lots of questions and developing kind of some standard formats just in terms of things that we're asking for so that it's not an ongoing back and forth about transferring the data. Um, we kind of say like, here, here's what we would like to get in an ideal state. And if you're able to provide it in that format, great. And then it just kind of, it becomes a little bit of a back and forth just in terms of if we're able to get it or not. And to a certain extent, we're pushing a little bit, asking to make sure that we can get that data, knowing that we need it down the line to do our analysis. Yeah. Is it more the hesitation on the media owner side or the vendor side? 
Yeah. So I think on the media side, they're just not used to people asking for that level of of detail and granularity. So I think it's just, I mean, for the longest time, they're just providing kind of very high level impression-based data, you know, from a performance side. Um, But this data is still able to be used to measure performance. And so people are taking advantage of it and still want that detail. Right, right. That makes sense. So I know media mix modeling uh, plays a role here. Talk about that and why it's important to employ that. Yeah. So with the loss of tracking and things, media mix modeling is is coming back uh, in, in fashion. So media mix modeling has been around for a long time. It's essentially a way just to model out different scenarios and look at kind of how the media is performing and mathematically figure out um, with some some confidence what your media is doing in in terms of driving revenue. We look at it in two different ways. So we do kind of a traditional uh, media mix model where we identify a media event. We model and train our models kind of up to that media event. And then we remove that media event. So through the magic of mathematics, we take that media event out and let the model kind of fill in as it was trained. And then we compare, you know, what the model would predict against the actuals. And we start to look for incrementality there. Mm -hmm. So if we see that the model is saying, you know, without that media event, it would have been X percent lower than what actually happened. With some confidence, we can go back and and say, you know, that media contributed whatever that difference and gap is in incremental value. Mm. I think the challenge that we always still have there is just making sure that we have all the correct inputs. Right. Um, So something that we found is not only needing media metrics, but also needing changes within your business. We've ran some models here on our side where we didn't have the information about major price changes and so we saw that incrementality really align with those pricing changes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our confidence just in terms of media being the number one driver uh, in that incrementality lessens as we start to understand that there are other outside pressures. Right. It's not just what's going on with the media. It's pricing, it's inventory, it's everything. Right. And I mean, that's the, the magic with modeling, right? Like it's not perfect. It's not going to give you the right answer all the time, but it's better than um, what we're working with in most cases. Yeah. It's interesting. Like for a while, like you sort of alluded to before how media mix modeling is not new. It was around before all of these like really sophisticated performance metrics came into the marketplace. But now with the cookie sort of deprecating, we're back to using it. How do like particularly performance marketers, like how are they sort of embracing that shift? Because it is like a little bit higher level than these, a lot of these brands are used to. Yeah. So We've been talking with our clients about it in in the way of like leveling the playing field. And so for so long, what we saw is the brand and awareness media being kind of undervalued because of all those great metrics that we got lower in the funnel. Um, We saw one click, one purchase and the revenue associated with it. Whereas you didn't see that when you ran display or banner ads. And now that we're kind of taking that away, you need to take a step back and you're almost on equal footing uh, when you start to compare those lower funnel and upper funnel tactics again. So, um, 
you know, because you're losing that data, you have to take into account the full media mix, not just that lower funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes we've seen marketers, you know, really just over investing in that lower funnel mm-hmm. and really forgetting about the top half of the funnel and being able to create that awareness so that we can fill the top end of that of the funnel. How can you ensure or how can clients ensure that the, their media mix models are actionable? Yeah, so what we talk about here is really making sure that you can test the optimizations. So testing different media strategies and making small changes along the way is really what we consult on and find to be most impactful so that we don't have long changes between the media or that you do always have an always on impact just helps the model understand um, those small incremental changes better, right? So when we're modeling, if you didn't have any awareness, uh, media in market, and then the next month you put $10 million into market, the model is going to get a really weird read um, when it's looking at those two different periods where if you have a full mix and it's ongoing and you're making marginal changes to that mix, the model can start to understand those subtleties, right? So we're kind of consulting and working with our clients on making small adjustments or changes uh, within the media strategy more frequently and more often. So in that way, that MMM data becomes highly actionable because you're always looking at kind of pulling different levers uh, moving toward where the, the model itself is telling you it would be m- more impactful, right? So mm-hmm. if the model says, you know, this particular tactic has high confidence in driving a large portion of the incrementality that we're seeing, maybe we shift a smaller percentage of the budget and just kind of test into it mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know, this is the one tactic that is the best and and the only thing you should be running. Right. It's sort of like similar to like in performance media, when you kind of optimize your your budgets, is that becoming easier as you sort of use more media mix modeling tools and have more access to data? It is. I was going to say the second piece to what we do in MMM. So I talked about kind of removing that marketing event. The other thing that we then do is we look specifically at that marketing event and drive down to those individual tactics and channels. And we start to look at what percentage do we think the incrementality is driven by paid search, paid social, or any of the branding efforts? So which one of those individual tactics is contributing most to? Mm -hmm. Um, So that really allows us to dive deep and give us that channel level data that that we can dig into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really a whole new playing field out there for advertisers in terms of how to measure media, the loss of data signals, how to navigate that. Where are you finding the most success in consulting your clients on these shifts? I think the biggest thing that we've seen that's being impactful is really having discussions beyond our marketing teams and the marketing partners that we work with. So oftentimes that means bringing in our friends from finance and having discussions about that because not only have marketers gotten really accustomed to getting detailed data, So of the finance folks. Mm -hmm. Um, So they want to look at that return. What's the the ROAS? They want to see what that investment is um, generating on the business side. And they've got certain benchmarks just in terms of approving budgets. 
Um, so we found it highly impactful to start talking, you know, to finance teams, letting them know that, you know, these things are coming and that we're going to lose that granularity that even they're used to seeing and that, you know, this is how it's impacting the full landscape and maybe where we need to start thinking differently about how we're budgeting. Mm. And again, that goes back to, we were probably, you know, overfilling the bottom of the, the funnel uh, in terms of overinvesting there and that we need to start considering, you know, again, full funnel uh, budgets. Mm. How receptive are the finance teams to, to those changes? I know it's difficult to change sort of ingrained metrics and processes. Yeah. So oddly enough, um, the finance teams are really comfortable with models and modeling. You know, they, <laughs> that's what they do. So strangely enough, they're, they've got a little bit more comfort level than even the marketers do um, just because they're, you know, it's part of their world. It's what they've been working in. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to talk models and methodology, um, it's almost an easier conversation because they understand that you know, modeling is not perfect. They want to make sure that we're using all of the correct inputs. So I would say there we're having lots of methodology discussions with our friends in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of common ground there. Um, mm-hmm. I think they, they really understand and empathize with the challenge of being able to measure this stuff. Wow. Cool. Um, so obviously this is all happening in real time. What is the benefits of, of marketers getting started on this now? Like, why should they make sure that they're paying attention? Yeah, I mean, the, the big one is Google and Chrome are for sure moving forward. Q1 2024, you're going to start to see, I think Google's announced they're going to take 1% of their traffic in Chrome and start testing it as if it, it doesn't have third-party cookies. Um, and then the back half of 2024, Google's going to remove all of that Chrome traffic from having third-party cookies. So the reality is we've been hearing this for years and years and years. And I think it's 2024 is really the year that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece is just so that they can start to develop the muscles to, to be able to transition into this uh, measurement. So mm-hmm. just like we all kind of transitioned into being able to measure, lower the funnel, Um, widely adopting these digital metrics, it's going to take us a little bit of time to move back into these higher funnel or these different ways to measure success in media. Um, So, you know, with anything, the earlier you get started, the quicker you can start to make changes and then really start to figure out what's working best for you and your organization. Mm -hmm. Well, you heard it here. It's time to start uh, paying attention to brand media measurement. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Allison. I appreciate the conversation. 